We're bringing you all you need to succeed in the real estate business. It's Spilling the LT, brought to you by Lawyer's Title, telling you what it's really like to work in real estate. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about real estate investments, how to find them, and the right disposition opportunity. But first, I'm your host, Tamara Gady, Director of Collin County Sales for Lawyers Title. I'd like to take just a second to talk to you about why Lawyers Title is different and why you should choose to close with us. First, we are part of Fidelity National Financial, the largest holder of title companies in the nation, and our companies invested over $6 billion in agent tools to help you grow. So what is it that you need? Do you need a farming tool? We have that. Do you need a robust CRM with, with a lead generator? We also have that for you too. Do you need an on-the-go net cheat and closing cost estimator app? We also have that and so much more. So please take an opportunity to reach out to one of us and let us help you grow your business to the next level. We also provide you with a really robust education program. We partner with experts in the business like Kyle Draper, our social media expert, to keep you up to date on all things CE and also help you boost your social media platforms. And our third platform that we use to help you with your business is our amazing escrow team. I'm really blessed to have one of those on the, uh, one of our escrow officers on the show with us today. And we are here to give you a concierge closing experience. In my office in Frisco at the Star, our escrow team has over 80 years of combined experience. Our escrow team is able to navigate you through even the trickiest transactions with ease. They're able to pick up the phone, call an underwriter directly, and get answers quickly and fast so that you can continue on with your day and we can get to the closing table on time. So if you're having any trouble with your deals closing on time or working with an expert escrow officer, I have the perfect match for you. I do things like this because I want an opportunity to earn your business. I hope you'll give me an opportunity to do that. Reach out to me on any of my social media platforms and let's get a conversation going about your title needs. Also, let's move on to our conversation for today. So I have three amazing guests with me. I mentioned one of them already, Christy Black. She's one of our escrow officers in our Frisco office. Christy came to us uh, two years ago now, I believe, and has really hit the ground running. She is actually one of our investor experts, but she also does all different kinds of transactions with 17 years in the business. And then also I have with me today, Mike Hansen. He is the CSO and co-founder of ZHS Investments. They specialize in wholesaling, flipping, buy and hold. He's been in the real estate industry for about 20 years, but in, been in Dallas doing this locally for about five. And last but not least, I have Amy Robinson with me today. She is the owner and CEO of Robinson Real Estate, which I find really interesting that they are a hybrid real estate company. So not only do they do traditional real estate transactions, but they also work in the investment world. So I'm really excited to have my three guests with me today. Let's have a great conversation about investment properties. 
You know, it's really interesting, guys, because I was at an event this weekend and I had someone come up to me that's not in real estate. And she said, hey, Tamara, I want to talk to you about finding an investment property. And I laughed. <laughs> I said, well, good luck, honey, because it took me two years to find the last one at this spot. So I wanted you guys to come in today to talk about finding properties. But, but it's more than that. We're going to talk about finding the right opportunity for the seller as well. And what I really, really appreciate about you guys is not only your expertise in doing this level of business, but also your care in which you work with sellers and then also using social media platforms to your business to help you find deals. So let's get started. Amy, why don't you kick us off? Give us a quick little background about how you got here. I started in real estate nine years ago, uh, started in commercial, uh, loved real estate, not so much commercial. So I just had the idea to take the same tactics, the negotiations, and apply that to residential, but also investment sales. So uh, Robinson Capital Real Estate is a hybrid real estate company that uh, focuses on traditional transactions. So that's a, a buyer looking for their next new home or a seller just looking to sell. Um, but then we have an investment sales division, and that's comprised of land, off-market, sub-two acquisitions, uh, 1031 exchanges, reverse exchanges, and airship dispositions where we sell property that belongs to dead people. And yeah. uh, we have a team of attorneys that we work with to help us make those transitions. Yeah, that's so, always a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what, you, you want to give us a little quick background about you and ZHS Investments? Um, yeah, so ZHS Investments, we started probably three years ago now. Um, my business partner actually got introduced to me through um, our chiropractor, who's a mutual friend. Okay. Um, he's like, hey, you're going to love this dude. Uh, you guys are going to get along great, treat people the same, same set of, uh, mor same moral compass, same value system. Um, and he just works his tail off. Um, and I had been doing strictly wholesaling at the time. I had come from retail management before that with uh, a closing, uh, clothing company, um, overseeing a lot of different uh, stores for their credit department. I have my own store, so I really learned relationship management and people development through them. Um, that's a big challenge sometimes. Yes, relationship it's, management. Yes, it's one of the biggest challenges, but it's really, I mean, this industry is really just relationships. It is. It's mm -hmm. networking. If you want to do it and be successful for a long, long time, um, you, you just need to know how to talk to people and treat people and do business the right way. Yep. Um, so that taught me a ton of it and growing up on a farm taught me a lot of that as well. Um, still do handshake deals, which people think I'm crazy. Um, but there's just sometimes I'm in the field and I can't get to somebody, you know, yeah. so I'll get you a contract tomorrow, but it's your deal. You know? Yeah. Um, so uh, started with the wholesale side and I started learning the flips. I did traditional real estate in Minnesota in a previous life for a while and I always kind of dabbled in it and stayed in it for a long time, even through the retail part of it. Um, and then I came down here, did the wholesaling and started learning about flipping, did our first flip three years ago, um, made a little bit of money. Um, and I mean, a little bit of money, that's yeah. not sarcasm. Um, but we learned a ton. And then I did that with Sean. We met our GC, who's our project manager. So now yeah. there's three of us for ZHS, for the founders. Um, and uh, we've just been growing ever since. Christy? I, um, gosh, it's been, I've been in this for so long. So I've been in it 17 years. Um, I started as an escrow assistant years and years and years ago, was promoted to running a builder division. And I've just escalated since then, and investments kind of become a passion for me, um, and for lots of reasons that I'm sure we'll talk about today. Yeah. Um, but it's really just kind of become 
the relationships have become very strong with the people that I've met through working with investment properties. And yeah, and we're very blessed to have these two as mm-hmm. valued clients and partners of ours. So let, let us take this opportunity to say thank you. Well, thanks thank for you. Thanks for always taking care of us. <laughs> All right, let's get started. I'm excited about the conversation today, and I know that we're going to be able to add a lot of value to the viewers. Um, first, <laughs> let's drop this bomb. How do you find properties? <laughs> so, I mean, that is a really big challenge in this market. And, and I actually take phone calls from Mike and other wholesalers. Who do you know that has a property that needs to be sold? So let's talk about how you guys actually find properties. You know, some of my best methods are, believe it or not, cold calling, door knocking, and um, just getting into the community and talking to the people. When you're focused on solutions, not just the sale, not just the compensation, uh, it brings about a whole new conversation. So pick a Saturday, get up, walk the block, um, ask that elderly lady if she Mm -hmm. needs help with her garden or... um, there's an elderly lady that walked to the, walks to the grocery store in a neighborhood that I'm familiar with. And so we'll go bring her food. And it's in those, in, in those natural processes, in the, in the relationship that you start having those conversations and you're able to help people. And that's what real estate really is. It's an avenue where people and places come together. So. Mike, how do you guys find your acquisitions? Uh, I, I can't really top that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So you really hit the nail on the head, it, you know, and I mentioned a little bit in the, in the intro, it, it's it's really relationship building and, and taking the sale out of it, um, especially on the investment side. You know, with us flipping houses, we buy from wholesalers, we buy from real estate agents, we buy uh, a lot on referral basis now, uh, but it's all just been, we do the business the right way, we take care of people, I mean, we pay for movers. Well, I've showed up with my son uh, to older, older people's houses and help them move um, at no charge, you know, just... Um, just do the right thing for people. Don't um, you feel like the longer you're in it, the more referrals start coming your way yeah, yeah, and your name and, gets yep. bigger and bigger and more people tend to trust you because that's something we'll talk about too. Well, and I think too, to you know, that. I've done deals with Amy and her team and, yeah. and it was always exactly the way she said it would go. Um, so she did what she said she was going to do. She didn't try to rake us over the coals, but it was a fair deal for her seller and it was a fair deal for us. And it was some back and forth. Uh, but we but we got there right, and uh, we did our part and closed when we said we were going to close. And um, I, I just think that part of it's big, reaching out to people that you know, real estate agents, and hey, do you have anything before it hits the market that mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense for MLS? Because even in this market, there's a lot of properties that don't make sense to go yeah. through the traditional avenue. The traditional avenue is great for a ton of people. Yep. Um, and I'm never going to dissuade people if that's the best avenue to go. Absolutely take it. What defines a property that's not fit for MLS? It depends. Um, I got to word this carefully, right? Because as an agent, you know, and we work with agents, you have a fiduciary responsibility to your client. Right. But that isn't always just about money. Yes, you have to give them all the options of, hey, if you list your house for this, this is what I think uh, we we could get for it in today's market. Here's what I think you would need to do to fix it up. Um, You know, if it's something that's under that three to 400,000 price range, and it's got foundation issues, needs a rope, it's not going to pass inspection for FHA. Um, so you're going to eliminate a ton of end buyers and right. then they're going to have to either have some seller concessions um, to get those issues fixed or fix it themselves before they list it. Um, there's a lot of probate deals out there, you know, people that inherit properties from their parents that they just, they'd rather just have a check right. fast. Right. Just give me the check. I don't want to deal with the house. I don't want to fix, deal with repairing it. I just don't want to deal with 
any of that. Just give me a check. Um, so there's a lot of different things, you know, and if you just give people true options and just be a problem solver, like Amy said, and, and come to the table with the solutions, you, you'd be surprised at how many deals don't end up going to the MLS just because you're talking people through all of their actual options. Um, and then they get to decide what's best for them and their family um, and how they want to move forward. You know, it's really interesting. You know, my last deal that I just bought was off market. The guy didn't want to deal with going on market. The property was really distressed. It was a perfect fit for an investor opportunity, right? And so that's how I found my last one. But I want to back up a second because you guys tapped into something that I think is really, really interesting. So a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of my realtors have a negative viewpoint about people who still <coughs> sale and flip and that's, you know, the investor world, right? And so it, I thought what you said was, both of you said was really, really interesting to me because the way that you go and find properties, it's the same as a door knocking campaign for a realtor, right? We have tools that will help them identify farming areas and, you know, the little tags that you put on the door that says, you know, call me if you're looking to buy or sell. Well, you're doing that just like a realtor is, right? Mm -hmm. And so some of the tried and true ways of, uh, that realtors find business seems to be applicable to what you're doing too. So there's some real synergy there. I know that some of the, you know, wholesale companies that we work with, some of our other ones, they have what you, what you call acquisition guys, right? Yep. They, they're dialing for dollars. That's what you call it. Dialing for dollars all day, like trying to find somebody that's interested in getting an appointment, but they have the same struggles that realtors do with Zillow leads, right? You know, they set the appointment, nobody shows, I mean, it's just really interesting to me that the common veins that we've already tapped into between what you guys do and then what my traditional real estate audience would do to try to farm business, right? All, all the hard stuff happens in the TV commercials. That's <laughs> on the flipping side, on the wholesale side, on the property acquisition side. They don't show that stuff very well on TV. Um, there is a, a ton of work that goes into it. I mean, I put in we're successful and I still put in probably 60, 70 hour work weeks every yeah. single week. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, a majority of that time is in property acquisition um, because probably 85, 90% of properties make more sense on MLS than they do going to an investor. So it's our job to find that one out of 10 that is ready to sell that makes sense for an investor who can close quickly, who um, most investors I know, you know, pay all the closing costs. You don't pay real estate commissions. Yeah. Um, we're just taking the property as is. So you'd be shocked at like how close a cash investor's actual price is to what a seller would net. Um, right, the, after all of those fees. Especially yeah. on a distressed property yeah. that's not going to get top of the market prices. Interesting. Um, we're usually within fifteen, twenty thousand dollars 20000 total net net of what the seller would get um, if they would have listed, but without all the hassle. Um, you know, so it's, it is, but it all happens behind the scenes. You don't see all the time um, and I think some wholesalers do get a bad reputation and some have earned it. Um, you know, there's some, we don't work with those people. No. And, and we don't like to either, <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's solving problems. And I really liked what Amy yeah. said about, you know, just helping somebody out of a tough situation. And most of the time, the properties that we buy off market that don't go to MLS are people in tough situations that just need to get out of the house and get a fresh start. Mm -hmm. Um, and they just don't know how, um, and they don't have $50,000, to do the repairs on their house. Um, well, and I think it's a, tr like there's a lot of communication and there's a lot of trust. So yeah. from what I see on my side of it, once you guys have contracted, that seller is really questionative to us <laughs> because they want to know that you're legit. That's the question <coughs> I get almost every day. 
How long have you worked with them? Do you know them? Are they legit? Are they going to flake on me? So we have to back that knowing what you guys do on the back end of things. I have to have that conversation with the seller to reassure them that we're here to get them to the closing table too. Yep. Um, that comes along with a lot of complications sometimes, but <laughs> we'll go into that. Well, and Amy, I want to pivot a question over to you because Mike mentioned something that actually leads into my next question. You know, because you're a hybrid company, you do traditional real estate and you do wholesaling and investing. Right. And you can make a decision with a seller with just by yourself of which avenue to go, MLS sure. or off market. Sure. So how do you, what, what does that conversation look like with the seller? How do you decide, you know, what's going to be the good fit? And I guess it's basically, how do you decide what you're going to do with the potential acquisition of it's, the property? It's two things. It's about being creative and it's about meeting their needs. So we are a brokerage. We can help a seller list a property if that's what they want to do, if that's what's best for them, or maybe it's not. And a couple stories come to mind. Uh, here recently, uh, last year, we had an elderly lady who was just very, very sick. She was bedridden. And it was not in her best interest as a seller to have open houses. Oh and, my goodness, yeah. You know, the key box and everybody's coming in and, oh, I want to look at your house and, oh, I love the tile and, oh, you're here. Uh, you know, that just was not going to work for her. So as a brokerage, we worked with her, the seller, to sell the property. We got creative. We offered solutions that still allowed buyers and or investors to come and look at the property and it was successfully sold. So one thing that's different about Robinson Capital Real Estate is we are not cookie cutter. We take each transaction and we provide a custom sales solution. What is best for you? Uh, we had another seller last year, inherited a property from uh, the mother. The mother and the father were deceased. And the children, I mean, literally said, hey, we just want to be done with this. We don't want to deal with this. You know, hey, can you just, you know, give us a check? You know, like Mike said, and, I, and you know, we're always ethical. We do the right thing. And I said, you know, we've got two options here. We can take the property as a brokerage and we can list it for you. We'll go into the open market. These are the comps. This is what it looks like. This is, you know, probably what you're going to make. And they just kept saying this, you know, Amy, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do showings. I don't want to clean out the house. I don't want to, I don't want to sign in the yard. I don't want to deal with this. And I said, you know, okay, are, you know, are you sure? Yes, we don't want to deal with this. And so there was another option, which was, you know, to acquire the property. And I said, you know, this is what it looks like. This is, you know, your sales price. And that's what they did. It was closed in three days. Still to this day, the client has come back to me for numerous deals and transactions. They've sent us a lot of business. And so it's all about listening to the needs of your seller or your buyer and providing a custom data-driven solution that is best for them. And that's fiduciary duty right there. Yeah. Whether it's on market or not, you know, whether it's on the MLS or not. It, it's it's about helping people. So, so Mike, I know you do um, a lot of, you hold properties too. You mm -hmm. guys have rentals and, Amy, do you have rentals? I don't know the answer for you. Uh, we do rentals. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of investors look at numbers different ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know what I look for when I'm looking to buy a property. So 
do you guys want to kind of explain to the realtor audience what an investor looks for, their form, what a formula could be? Do they look at cash flow? What's the ARV that's, you know, going to be more appetizing to an investor? So, and I know that's tight in this market. Numbers are going to get a little cash flow. What's yep. that? Right? Um, <laughs> but do you want to kind of talk about how investors come up with their formulas for acquiring properties? Yeah. Um, and first of all, this, the elephant in the room is investors and lowball offers, right? So I, I'll just... Address. Oh, I want the lowest, well, <laughs> lowest offer, the yeah. least amount of money out the door, right. man. <laughs> I'll that, be honest. That's how we want it, right? Yeah. And the seller obviously wants the highest price that they can get. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes um, in the investment world, uh, investors, even really good investors and in ethical companies can get... Um, kind of in a stigma about them of, oh, it's just going to be a low ball offer from an investor if it's a cash offer. Oh, I see stuff on oh. social media all the time. About Absolutely. And some of the offers really truly are low ball offers. I mean, yeah. I get people that send me offers. I'm like, where is this coming from? Right. Um, but, you know, most of the time an investor is going to look at it and say, okay, here's the ARV or the after repair value of the property. What I think I can sell it for based on however I'm going to fix it up. And, you know, it's based on comps. So what are the top three best looking houses in the neighborhood if I'm going to flip to that level. Yep. Um, what do those look like? What do I think it's going to cost me to repair it? And these days it's... It's a lot more than it used it's to a be. Lot, our, our average flip went from $35,000 rehab to $50,000 rehab, just in material costs. That's, That's not even yeah. additional labor costs that we have to pay now. Um, you know, but then on the back end, you, you have to um, also take into consideration, this would be good for a lot of newer investors, is there's a lot of hidden costs involved. Um, so what do I have to pay my listing agent to sell the property? What do I have to pay the buyer's agent who's bringing me the buyer to sell the property? Am I paying the closing costs? Are they paying the closing costs? Mm -hmm. How many months am I holding this property in the rehab cost? And then there's money costs involved in that. There's property taxes. There's utilities. Yep. Um, there's all of those costs involved in an actual flip property. Um, so when I bring an offer to an agent, I always try to explain, this is my offer, but here's why. Right. Um, this is what I have to pay the agents. It's, this is my money cost. This is my repair estimate. This is what I think I can sell it for. Um, so they get a little transparency on why my offer is what it is. So even if it's low ball, um, that's there, a, a that is super important. Yeah. What you just said, transparency. Yeah, okay. It's huge. I, I think we, there's so much transparency having to happen in this market, just in the tr traditional sense, right? Yep. Because of buyers having being constrained about can't offer the top cash price, but we have these other things that we can offer, right? Lots of communication, lots yep. of transparency. And I think the really, really good ones are the ones that are disclosing what this really looks like if they were to acquire the property so that the offer that they're making makes sense. And that will keep people looking at investors as above bar, right? Yep. Is having those conversations of communication. Transparency is huge. Transparency is huge in any industry, but I really think it is in, in this industry, especially and in this on market. The, and yes. especially on the on the investment side too, Correct. because there's just, it's a parallel universe, you know, and it's, there's some agents like Amy who, who really understand both worlds really well. And there's some agents who are starting that have been in the traditional side for a really long time that are, starting to come over to the investment side and see that a little bit more. Um, and then there's agents who have only worked with investors um, that are starting to embrace more of the traditional side too. And I think the long-term success is a, a great model like Amy has because it's she can offer the most solutions to a seller. And when she works with somebody like me, who's going to bring an offer to a property as an investor, she under, already understands, yeah. hey, this is actually right. a very realistic offer. Um, 
you don't you don't have to take it if you're the seller but here's where they're coming from and she she can do a really good good job explaining that and, and work through that with the with the person who's selling the property um okay on the rental side it's a little a little different there yeah. used to be the the one percent rule you know oh one percent good luck so now it's now it's you know can I cash flow? Yeah, uh, that's you know. my question. Can I cash flow? And there's a lot of great um, lenders out there who've gotten really creative uh, of offering like a 30-year fixed rate for investors only um, for investment properties um, at a really competitive rate. So the 1% rule kind of goes out. It's mm-hmm. how much can I cash flow? I have um, a lender that's at a credit month. union and his interest rates, I mean, his rates are always unbeatable. And then he gives me the 30-year fixed rate or 15-year fixed rate, and it works out really nicely. It's how I've been able to do what I want to do because I'm not a cash buyer, right? Yeah. I'm not going to spend all my cash buying a house. I'm going to finance. Well, and it's great if you're going to start with a, a, a large sum to get the property going, right? If, you, if you're going to buy one that's not turnkey, um, we have some investors that buy some of our properties in, that are the lower price points as turnkey rentals. But if you're going to oh, buy it, Oh, I need to get on your buyer list. Yeah, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um but it's um, it's such a different world than the rental rate. But I really think that world's going to explode right now, as in, if interest rates continue to rise, which they're probably going to do for the next, you know, six to nine months. Um, <laughs> but stop. this side never really it just changes how we buy, you know. Yeah. Um, and it changes how you have to do your math formula to compensate for it. So everybody has buyer lists, right? Yep, you've got investor lists or people looking to buy a house and you've got your list that you send the property out to. And um, question that I'm curious about, would a traditional buyer be a fit for one of your buyer lists with a realtor representing them? <laughs> um, Maybe the I think, look, I'll tell you what my answer is. No, because... Yeah. You know, as someone who has looked at these properties myself, I mean, I can't come in and make an offer same day. I've got to go see the property. I need to see what, you know, what the, re- you know, I'm. it's not what I do full time. I have a full time job. So, and even my realtors are too busy to get out to stuff. And then there's the competing with the cash investor buyer, right? So it is, you know, it was something that I was curious about. And 99% at. of the time, no. Is yeah. The correct answer. There. Yeah. It's okay uh, to say yeah. no. That is the, the answer because. Realtors want to know. The the ones that might make sense are if maybe it's a probate deal where the family just wants to get rid of it. Like Amy was talking about, like, we don't even care that it needs paint and carpet. We just don't want to even deal with it. Just get us the check. Yeah. You know, and then if, if we're lucky enough to get a property like that, that they're harder to get, right? Then we can paint and carpet or sell it to somebody who just wants a little sweat equity um, that just wants a very mild rehab. But those are so few and far between yeah. um, that most of the time the, the properties we're acquiring, I mean, we're at our cost, which is we have our own GCs, our own crews. So we, we get a cheaper rate than if you just call somebody up. I'm going to date myself here out of the yellow pages. Um, online, <laughs> Google, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, for you for you newer, younger kids, Google. Yeah. Um, so if they <laughs> were going to take somebody pages? like a, a foundation company uh, out of the yellow pages and it needed... So, off of Google, and it needed uh, a significant amount of work. It might be a thirty, forty thousand dollar repair for them. Um, you know, so the, a traditional buyer coming in is probably not going to be able to afford they to do just the don't rehab have the and make, make much for the sense. Rehab. And it takes yeah. a long time if yeah. you're doing it on your own. Yeah. You know, if, if you don't have a crew and or you're not experienced in doing it, and you're going to try to do it all yourself. 
it's a process. Well, and then also, and like I said, the answer can always be no, yeah. right? It's just education that we're providing today. But, you know, when buyers walk into houses, they want, they want to imagine their families living there <laughs> and babies and backyard and the playing with their dog and stuff like that. And when you walk into some of your houses, you have hoarders and drug addicts. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's really hard to imagine the family photo over the fireplace when you can't see the fireplace. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I think that's, you know, really important question to answer is, is a traditional buyer a fit for one of these type of properties? And the answer can be no. And, and almost all the time it is. Yeah. Every once in a while you find that one. It's just, just buyers are so desperate to find yeah. something right now. And yeah. so they're looking at all different kinds of avenues. And if we could open up a line for them, I think it would be great. But because they're, our wholesalers are killing it right now, you know, whereas my our traditional real estate um, professionals are having trouble finding properties and, you know, inventory so tight. So I think it's really interesting how much you guys are moving in this segment of the market all of the time versus what traditional real estate is doing right now. I think it's all about education. I think that's a, a good piece. Um, how many times, you know, traditional sellers or buyers, how many times have you heard somebody say, oh, I want to take advantage of this market as a seller. I really want to sell my home right now. You know, I know I can get a good price, but then what are we going to do? Well, as a hybrid real estate company, we sit down with people like that and we take them through an education piece. Hey, have you thought about selling your, your home for X amount because you can get it, but maybe we, we take you to something that needs a mild rehab, you know, not a full gut. We're not going to take it down to the studs, but maybe it just needs paint or carpet and we help them envision that television above the fireplace. Um, maybe there's enough equity. We tie in an international deal. We do, we sell property in Tulum, Playa. Yeah. Um, so it's all about sitting down with the client, whether it's a buyer or a seller, and really educating them on what does it mean to buy and sell real estate? Because it's just not the same that as it was in the 1930s, you know, where you got a paper, you filled it out, you put a sign in the yard and then, you know, the realtor ate bonbons and waited for the transaction to close. Um, we don't operate that way anymore. Technology has changed the world of real estate. And there are several different ways to culminate a real estate deal. And it's all about education. It's about details and doing the right thing. Do the right thing every time and you win every time. Yep. So speaking of education and details, I'm going to bring Christy Black into this part of the conversation because, okay, you guys have a deal and now you've got an end buyer and you go under contract and where's the contract go? Christy. <laughs> Always. So Christy, you have done such a massive amount of legwork getting us to the point where we don't turn deals away. We don't have to turn deals away. Very, 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 very rarely do we have a situation where we can't close something? And I think that's a huge testament to who you are as an escrow officer that you've been able to do that. Because when we started this, the underwriting wasn't always saying yes to us. So, you know, we just you kept chipping away, you and Sarah, who is your escrow assistant. So let's talk about um, kind of your end of things. Do you want to talk about some common challenges that come up contract to close because of these types of transactions? Sure. 
No, I and I I do give Sarah kudos. I have to say that um, she's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I the first thing that comes to mind is even though it's a not traditional contract, when I get it, they all are treated the exact same. So whether do they all use with, the Trek one to four? No. <laughs> No, they do not. We wish they did, but they do not. Um, and then I get the phone call like I got yesterday that said, hey, can you just review this? And I'm like, uh, no, you need to go look for an attorney on that one. But they don't always use the Trek 1 to 4. Um, they do communicate with us for all the information that's needed for the end buyer. But the biggest challenges are on the seller side for the most part. Yeah. Um, contract comes in. It's open just like anything else. Title work gets processed we get it back in and who's sue smith and who's joe smith well they're deceased mm -hmm. and they were both married with other kids and now we've got this airship hierarchy that we have to do and we have literally drawn out like the family tree the family tree <laughs> on a piece of paper in the file so that we can figure out who's responsible no doubt. it's like a, the red strings across no the board trying to tie people to this person and this person it makes my brain hurt yeah. quite honest with you um so obviously deceased people are the biggest 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 things that we see in the investment world um people that just didn't take care of their property and they've got 51 city liens that we have to go out and get. But honestly, that takes no time. Um, so as far as curative issues on title, we've definitely been able to get past um, a lot of those in the legal and ethical way. But it takes time, just like what you guys said. It takes time to dig in. It's not just a contract that came in. Woohoo, we got a lender. Happy. Everybody's yeah. happy. Everything's <laughs> flowing along. No, we don't make close dates all the time, but we communicate that because the biggest thing is setting realistic expectations with the seller. So if you tell them once we get title work in and they've got deceased parents and we've got a tax lien to take care of and it's going into pre foreclosure, it's setting expectations. Here's the steps. So I've learned. If you give them all of it up front, they're freaking out. They're calling you. What's going on? I don't know how to. If you give them the first, hey, we're going to take care of this first. We've got some issues, but let's get through this one. And so if we baby step them through it because they don't have anybody representing them, if we baby step them through it, we can get to the end result. Yeah, and I couldn't imagine being a kid and of five other kids with parents who aren't with us anymore and you calling me up and laying all this stuff out and you're like, oh my God, am we ever going to be able to close on this property? But you do have to work through those things. We do. And sometimes the family hasn't even talked to each other in forever. So we're literally making a family reunion during a closing experience. <laughs> it's incredible. Whether it's good or bad, I don't know. Solving <laughs> all kinds of problems. Yeah. Family problems, real estate problems. I mean, I had one this week just offside. Like we've been working on it for, I don't know, over a month, two months. And... The family is in all different places. They don't really talk to each other. One of them had some extreme financial. They did not make much money, but what they did make, they were so grateful and happy for. Just Aww. They're just so happy. And that, to me, like, that makes my heart happy. It makes Joel's heart happy. And then we've done the right thing to do that. Um, but for us, it's just really setting those realistic expectations with them right up front. This is yeah. what we're going to do. And being readily available for them when they call, because they do have a lot of questions about the process, especially if they're not trustworthy on an investor buying their property. 
If the investor's done their due diligence up front, then that's not a problem because they already have full confidence in what the process is going to look like. What else you got on that piece of paper? Um, let's see. <laughs> she bought her own questions. I did. Well, I just have a bunch of notes on stuff that we do. You know, when the contract, when the title work comes in, that some of the common ones, I'll just go down the list, are abstracts of judgment. Um, Why don't you say what it is and explain quickly so what it is, right? so everybody knows. So an abstract judgment is, let's say, a credit card holder that hasn't been paid, and they can go put an AJ on the property. I was in the office when Lauren was trying to pay off 21 credit cards. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> Who has 21 credit cards? <laughs> a lot of people to right now. To pay off. Imagine what that debt looks like. Not I to mean, flip that, but right now it's cash out refinance. Like that's yeah. what everybody's doing. Yeah. And we'll get the instructions and there's like this list of debt we're collecting. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Abstract your judgment. Okay. So, um, they're the, the deceased parties, they're city liens. We've got properties that are headed into foreclosure. So, How many of those are we seeing now? Because everybody's like, there's been so much buzz about foreclosures are coming. REOs are coming back, right? And I don't see any. I'm checking the foreclosure list on every property that we get in right now. Are you really? Mm -hmm. I think you'll see more trickle in, um, or a combination of a couple reasons. A, with everything coming out of COVID. Um, I think the banks now are doing a lot better job than the, the fiasco of 2008, yep. right? Of we can't have 500,000 foreclosures hit the market in a week because um, we'll crash the market, you know? So they're, I think banks are doing a lot better job now working with um, homeowners that were trying to make the payments while they were going through the, the tragedy of COVID, right? And losing jobs and still trying to do the right thing and, and maintaining communication um, with the banks. And so the banks, from what I've seen, are, it's more of a trickle effect of, of having him hit the market. I think, to me, what's scary for some homeowners right now is, you know, everybody played Beat the Jones forever with, like, I have to have the, the best house at the top of the market price, at the top of my budget, I got to have the most expensive car. That is a terrible idea. It's a horrible idea. Guess yeah. what just came out in your mailbox? Yep. Your, your property tax values for 2022. Yeah, those yeah. are never going to go down. You know, and then you add, now on top of COVID, you add in inflation with the price of gas yeah. doubling, groceries yeah. are up so much. Everybody's normal bills are already up. And if they were already at the top with 21 credit cards, yep. right? And, and now they're living on the credit cards to balance the budget each month just to make ends meet, eventually that catches up and the credit cards max out. Um, that is so The, the house payment is still due, right? And it's um, it's scary for what I think is gonna be a lot of people who, who just bought it too high the budget. And I'm not saying that if, if you have the money, spend it, like, great. I'm not your financial advisor, but if you have the money and can afford it, great, go get the house of your dreams, go get the car of your dreams, go get these things. But realize these prices aren't going to come down for a while, you know. So six a month, six to nine months of juggling all these bills, and pretty soon it's, we got to get us a, a more affordable house. You know? Yeah, but, but then you know the next question is where do you go? <laughs> so how do you find a more affordable house? You yep. don't. So there's we're already starting to see news articles and stuff about people being stuck, you know, because yep. of this exact situation. Um, okay, so we got credit, what, cash so, refunds, credit cards. No, yeah, we, we got off <laughs> But I, one <laughs> of the things, no, one of the things that is really good for whenever um, you guys go to do work with the sellers is a lot of times they have zero paperwork, none. 
it's not there. They have no idea. They were hoarders. There's boxes and boxes and boxes of paperwork. Some of that paperwork is what we need, right? Because we're trying to cure a prior lien that's on title mm. um, that that they don't have any clue about. Um, so some of those things, if if they, people would just keep their paperwork, it'd be great. Right? Oh, they or kept their paperwork know. and lots and lots and, and lots, lots of and other lots stuff. Of I'm glad you looked at me because I'm the world's worst with paperwork. So. <laughs> That's why I email you everything. Yes. Right. The days of modern technology are great. <laughs> yep. It's not the yellow pages. Um, but I think that uh, because there's like a lot of people have gone out. Let's say our older generation that are trying to get rid of homes. They've gone out and seeked advice on or sought advice on how could I transfer my property to my children mm -hmm. and they didn't go to a real estate attorney for it. They just had legal zoom tell them what to do or draft up some quick claim deed or things that yeah. don't actually transfer or convey ownership of the property. But they swear, they were told this is exactly what needed to happen and exactly how it would take care of title. Okay, what does convey a property? A warranty deed. Okay. Yeah. Explain to our audience how to do that. <laughs> well, the warranty deed will take the current owner to, you know, if like say I wanted to give my property to Mike and I wanted a deed over to him. So I would have a deed drawn up and deed my property over and to Mike. And how do you do that? With an attorney. You can call me. Okay. I can go through our attorneys to handle that. Perfect. And there's a few stipulations around it. You know, if you have a current mortgage on the property, you definitely want to be aware that if you deed your property over to someone, if the mortgage company finds out, they can call your note. Yep. Um, have I ever heard of that happening? No, but Let's it's not draw attention to that. No, no. <laughs> it's just something I tell everybody. I have an I just, <laughs> like you, I'm like transparency. I'm just yeah. gonna do that. So that's one of the How much things. would it what is it what is the what does it cost? Like? So the deed's about hundred and fifty and then we get it recorded with the county, so it's about it's a little under two hundred dollars. What would an attorney charge to do all that? I'd probably say over three hundred. Mm -hmm. oh, easy. easy. So easy. we're thinking yeah. five to eight hundred dollars to do this. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which would stop any further issues down the road right. with trying to do something else with Just the property. Just doing it correctly. Okay. Right. So call in a real estate attorney or call us for a referral. Yes. And then you want to make sure that you do a new deed, right? Yep. And get it recorded. With we'll get all the information gathered. We'll kind of check the title search on it and make sure we can convey property this way. And then we'll move it over. Perfect. Um, there's also, you know, ladybird deeds out there. Um, Explain. It's, death, it's the um, transfer on death deed. So okay. like say you've got an elderly, like <clears throat> your parent is near the end and you want to make sure that the property is covered correctly. You can go through the process with us and our attorneys to transfer, to uh, get a transfer on death deed prepared and signed and notarized by them while they're still alive. So that way, once they pass away, you have the right to sell that property. And I first you don't heard go about through that. the airship affidavits right. and you don't go through that process because it's already been handled and it's been a little bit smoother and calmer. Yeah, I found I first found out about that when I was living in, in Arizona many years ago and did that with a lot of my bank accounts. Oh, Probably yeah. need to do it with okay. the house. Okay. Good idea. Yeah. Any other golden nuggets? Um What about you guys? Any other golden nuggets before we wrap up for today? I mean, Mike, real quick, you're, I, I see you on, I, I see you on TikTok all the time. ZHS Investments is yes. on TikTok all the time, yes. rehab and houses. 
And so, um, how are you guys, how's, how is social media helping you with your business? That's actually a great question because I'll be the first person to admit I freaking hate social media. <laughs> I, I, I'm not good at it. You know, I'm older than I look. Uh, so I don't understand all the technology behind it and the algorithms and how you're supposed to do all this different stuff. So I just hire somebody who's good at that stuff. But I think it's a super important part of the business right now because you have to meet people where they're at. Yep. Um, whether you're marketing, whether you're doing sales, whether you're just doing product information, you have to be where people are at. That's just where people are at. And a lot of different things that you can't always put a price tag on can happen through social media. So um, an example is, uh, hopefully Jake doesn't mind me using him by name, but I had a gentleman named Jake reach out to me on our company Instagram. Um, he saw a TikTok video, went to our company Instagram, followed us, uh, started seeing some of the flips we were doing, and he's a, a newer investor in the Dallas market. Um, and so him and his wife are doing a flip right now together and um, they're GCing it and doing some of the work themselves. And it's like, hey, I really wanna learn the business from you. Um, would you mind if I just tag along? I'm like, hey, if you wanna show up at any of our flips, I'll tell you where we're gonna be. I'll walk you through everything we're doing, all the processes. Um, I had some great mentors in this business that really taught me yeah. a ton. Um, so it's kind of my job, I feel, to help other people who are willing to reach out and take the time to do it. And um, so he, I, I set him up with our realtor that lists all of our properties and he walked the property that he's currently flipping and made like two little design changes in the master bedroom that would increase the value by $30,000. My goodness. Um, yeah. So it, that's a win. That's a huge win. Right. And so he's like, Hey, can I just keep coming to some of your flips and, and see what you guys do? And I walked a couple of properties for him and there was one in, in Carrollton that we just put under contract today, actually, um, from Jake that he had, he had found through probate and just talking to the, talking to the family, like Amy says, just, here's the solution. I can do this. My offer is not going to be as much as if you did it on the MLS, but here's why you should take it. And he literally was going to flip it himself. And then I was walking the property with him. I'm like, Hey, you need to add a bathroom. Cause it's a three one, um, over here. You're going to really increase your value and decrease your days on market. If you add a second bathroom, let's just figure out where to put it. Yep. So we started walking the property and he texts me probably two hours later. He goes, it's too much of a project for me. Plus ours is taking a little bit longer. Do you just want the house? I was like, uh, now you got an acquisition, a, a, a bird dogger out there for yeah, you. Know, and, and he's like, I would love to work for you guys to help find properties. Will you pay me a finder's fee? I'm like, as long as the math works, I'll pay a finder's fee to a real estate agent, to a bird dog person, to the neighbor. I talked to the neighbor. So he's. I don't want a finder's fee. I just want you to send us contracts. Yeah. I will send you, as good as you guys are, I will send you all the contracts. It's always easy. It's smooth when it's not going to be super smooth because as a, a different person once told me, people know how to live, but they don't know how to die. Um, and paperwork's a mess. Yeah, um, that's you a guys, good quote. You guys are always so communicative. So I can get my team lined up. Hey, it's gonna be another two weeks. I can put them on a different house. Yeah. Um, I can do this or I can let my lender know. So if she wants to, or he wants to lend money to somebody else or to us on a different property, everybody's kind of in the loop. Um, but I think social media, just telling people what you're doing and, and it's an abundant world. And that's, I love doing business with Amy because it's it's never just about her and her yeah. company. It's it's that's about the seller. Apparent. It's about um, it's about helping other investors. Yeah. You know, there's so many properties in DFW. I'm never gonna get them all. She's never gonna get them all. I'm never gonna be able to flip all of them. So why wouldn't I just help people? Why wouldn't she just help people? Yep. It always comes back. If you yeah. just if you Simple. just treat people right, it always right. 
always comes back, you know, and now we've got a guy out there finding us properties and I love it. It came off Instagram and I can't stand being <laughs> on social media, but I've been told I need to be on social media. So, well, I think that's a great place to wrap up for today. Thank you for the endorsement for my team. I really appreciate Absolutely. that because I got some hard working ladies up at the it's, office that you guys are amazing. And I don't say that just because, uh, to say it for the TV, it's, it's Thanks. literally, uh, seamless every single time. And every single it's, time. You're an amazing team to work with. So thank yeah. you. I mean, Amy has nicknamed me. You know, she did. What yeah. is the nickname? Oh yeah. Uh, she's the Yoda of escrow. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she is the Yoda, and and it. genuinely, I mean that. Um, you know, we looked for a long time for an exponential title company, and lawyers' title is so different every step of the way, um, because it's it's a white glove experience that's just it's seamless, it's easy. Um, Christy has changed our life in a big way. So I always say she uh, she makes me feel like uh, I hijacked a rainbow and cash, cash landed into a pot of there's gold. A, there's a romance, a, a romance going on here that I can't even I'm just going to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> so I... Again, let's go ahead and wrap up for today. Amy, Mike, Chrissy, thank you for being my guest today, always, and being also trusted and loyal partners and friends of ours. Uh, so that's a wrap. We, here's another episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the content for today. If you do like my content, you're going to love my escrow team. Amy was proof of that. So thank you for joining us, and I hope you guys make it a great day. Mm -hmm.